0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Oscar Robertson, Blue What a year has been! The Bucs are the world champions! going inside.
0: 2nd,
2: Middleton, yes, Chris Middleton! Happy birthday, Jason Kidd, places up for
0: grabs! Behind the back, Giannis, and then a good ball, and in watch. Holy moly! Dudley, up top, open, he's got a clean catch! Oh. And Milwaukee wins it! play basketball and win. And win? Yeah.
3: How many games?
1: Six. We're going to win a six.
3: Hello and welcome to episode 357 of the Winning Six podcast. Proudly a part of the Eurostep Podcast Network and the Blue R Podcast family. I'm your host, Adam McGee, and join me as always, it's my good friend, Jordan Tresky. Jordan, hello. Hello. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing well. How are you?
3: Good. Are you um, living and dying with the books? regular season roller coaster
2: proudly no probably (laughs) i said proudly
3: oh proudly okay yeah i can i can also get on board with that since we last recorded the books have gone one and two um they started off i mean first first episode after our last pod with a resounding and emphatic uh really exciting win over the Golden State Warriors, the kind of game that makes you go, yeah, these guys are the champs. Look look at them go. And then (laughs) they went all the way to lose to the Raptors and the Hawks in their last two games. Um, Really letting things slide in both games as well, being in good positions and just completely letting the game go. Not necessarily in the most explosive way either. Just like, oh yeah, they're going to lose this. <laughs> it's it's not great, but then doesn't matter, Jordan. doesn't matter where we're at with this season. And specifically where we're at is, as we record this, the books are fifth in the Eastern Conference. 27-19 and record. They are half a game up on the sixth place Philadelphia 76ers, two games up on seventh in the Charlotte Hornets and slipping into a play-in game. Should we be worried? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. So, Jordan, what we're going to do on this episode is we're going to play a game of sorts. Uh, this is over-promising. It's suggesting there's a structure. But the game is going to be called Who's Good That's it. I don't have another bit of it. It's who's good. And we're going to talk about some of these teams because the books have recently beaten the Warriors and they seem to be good. So they beat the Nets. They kind of seem to be good. And then does that mean the books are good? Uh, The standings might say otherwise. So we're... What did I say? They're at 27-19. and I mean, they're way past the halfway point in terms of games played. They're still, I'm pretty sure... Far outpacing every other team in the league with games played, I think the books have played more than anyone. Let's let's see what we think. Are they good? Who's good? Let's find out. Jordan, who's the first team that you some confidence in that they're good this year? Yeah,
2: East. Does it matter? Well, doesn't matter.
3: I mean, we're gonna we're gonna be really bold and assume that Western Conference teams will matter for. Again, a team that's two games out of falling into the play-in game. But, yeah, just generally, NBA, who's good? Sons.
1: Sons. Why?
2: I believe they have the best record in the NBA. Does
3: that matter? I've I've heard. That's a good, in, that is a good question. In previous years, I have heard that underplayed. And we have certainly seen mixed results come from best record in the NBA.
2: Yeah, um... Yeah, they are on a 2019-20 Bucks trajectory if I've ever seen one. Um hopefully, I mean, well, hopefully the Bucks win it all. But in there, if you're a Suns fan listening, to this which why wouldn't you be? Um
3: <laughs> You're not listening to us, most likely yeah. if you are.
2: Um yeah, we'll see how much that tests them and and if they can find a second gear because they're very I think we talked about this before the season, but they're like one through eight. It's very, it's, it's largely unchanged from last year. It's swap out Javel McGee with Dario Saric, who is still hurt after tearing his ACL in the finals last year. And it's pretty much the same product. And, but you know, that cohesion um, really matters. And when you're not affected by injuries, all those cool too, which is, which is huge well in terms of getting through
3: the regular season as well, to, be, to be clear to be clear i i i'm not making the case that the suns aren't good i agree the suns are good uh, that would be quite a place to start i think if we didn't think the <laughs> suns were good we might be concluding that maybe none of the teams are good which i guess could still be true um the suns are the best of the bunch it might be a bad bunch but they are probably the best of the bunch yeah. do you think though in a wider sense the perception of the Suns is fueled by something which is entirely make believe. It's just something that people like to do, which is, you know, they went to the finals last year. They were close. They tasted heartbreak and here they go. They've learned their lessons from it. They're back. They're better prepared than they were a year ago. They can go on and win it all, which in theory, yes, that's true. In practice, that could all just, turn out to be like made up narrative of the kind that we all like to imagine operates in the world of sports but let's say if we're to get a rematch of the finals it was book sons i won't say it starts tomorrow because that would that would definitely bring some things into it but let's say it's book sons let's imagine say if Brooke is back and you know books are we'll just say relatively healthy healthier maybe than they've been this season do you think things are different in that series? I know that was very much a series last year that it could have gone either way. Like, it was a close series. But I I don't feel there's a massive difference there. Like, I I don't think they've taken a leap to the point where in the playoffs, it's an entirely different proposition. Um, Or to a point even where, like, they've got better teams to come through, I think, in the West this year. I think certainly the Warriors... You think the Warriors are better than anyone else that they had to worry about last year? West? I
2: think that's about mm.
3: even. Who was the the Grizzlies are a very different proposition, but
2: they got past the Clippers in the final in the conference finals without Kawhi. Kawhi, yeah. So yeah, that from that standpoint, yes. But I also do think. I mean, we're playing this game. Are the Warriors good?
3: What is your answer? Are we done with the Suns?
2: So, why? Well, it's a bad. I'd I like it. Get...
3: I, I, I just want your thoughts on would the would the finals be like, are the Suns a different team if the Bucs play them in the finals this year than they were last year? No. Yeah, I, I think there is potential for the finals. Are to the Bucs
2: a different team, though?
3: Yes. Hmm. For better or worse, TBD. Keep on listening because we will get to you. Are the Bucs good? I, I just think they could lose in all the same ways that they lost last year, which is an interesting spot to be in when they're kind of routing their way through the West. This is very much it's books going to the bubble, 20, and yeah, yeah, it's like oh, they were great last year and just fell short.
2: Everybody talked about that being the Jazz, and the Suns have kind of usurped that to a certain degree.
3: The Jazz just have like the year on year on year thing. Mm-hmm. And I actually think the Jazz are probably better served by falling off because they don't need to deal with everyone laughing at them as oh here come the Jazz again. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think that's the worst thing for their own kind of aspirations. You want me you want me to know you turned the game on me. Are the Warriors mm-hmm. good? I think the Warriors are good. I think the Warriors
2: are they as good as what everybody cracked them up to be.
3: I think the books would, again, the books are a specific example. I think the same could be said for the Nets, though. Um, the game against the books showed that given Draymond was missing and that's a massive miss, but I do yeah. think defensively they're going to have problems with teams with real size who also have kind of mobility, athleticism. The books are a great example of a team that have that in bunches. It wasn't just Giannis picking them apart like... Bobby had free run on the floor. He he could do whatever he wanted and he was incredible. So I do think that is something that is a major issue for them. It also feels like something that they may not see a ton of in the same way in the West. Like I, I feel like they'd be in a very strong position in most Western conference playoff matchups and they could play two or three different Eastern Conference teams and suddenly find some really significant problems that they don't have the personnel to deal with. And that's it. I mean, Steph is as incredible as ever. And obviously, Clay is back. And it's going to be interesting to see how over the next few months he progresses and hopefully his health holds up. But Steph, you always had that thing with the Warriors of his size. And what does that mean defensively? And in some ways, on certain nights, he almost looks better than ever offensively. But the limitations are there more than ever in a defensive sense, just because of his age. Like, he's a smaller guard who now is slower and isn't quite what he used to be. And then when you add into the mix some of the larger wings and forwards and bigs that they're relying on, that creates problems in a way where I think teams will have a better chance of targeting staff than they ever had in kind of the Warriors past heyday.
2: Agreed. I think the collective load that he has had the last year and a half, especially I mean he literally willed them to a play in spot last year, if I remember correctly. I don't think it was a full fledged playoff spot. Um I also think as great as is it is to see Clay Thompson back. Integrating him in to their rotation and lineup and all that stuff, as humming as they were, like that, that takes away from what they built this year specifically. So that adds a or that takes away a little bit from like a guy like Jordan Poole, who third year guy, he, he's really popped in a major way. He's not playing as much, and he's kind of having to play a different role that he had to play before. Klay Thompson, obviously, I mean, he's gotten this far to come back, but then it's, you know, it's different coming back. It's You're relearning a different way to play because it's not just about coming back. It's about, okay, I came back. How do I fit into what we do and how we used to do it? And what's different now? Because you're playing with guys like Andrew Wiggins, Kaminga, Wiseman, whenever he gets healthy again, um, Pool. like there's just, it's, a it's, Watching that game last week, it's it was stark of how, like, oh, yeah, there is, like, outside of Kavan Looney, I don't think there's, like, another, like, you know, supporting cast that are, like, kind of periphery player that still ties the group from Championship Warriors to current Warriors. Obviously, mm-hmm. Steph Draymond and all that stuff. But, yeah, I do think they are a good team. I just think this is an interesting... They're they're at an interesting point with bringing Clay back and trying to kind of reclaim their powers again. And I think it's going to be a little tougher than what a lot of people think it could be. So, um, I mean, the
3: the one thing with that is that some of their players that I think they would have to play in a series against a team with a roster makeup like the books, like Clay being back just to move some of those guys a little further down but they're gonna have to find new ways to cope with it. For example, uh the manu Belisha was terrible against the books, and I oh yeah I really don't rate him very I don't think he
2: even all. played till the
3: fourth quarter too. Yeah uh I did feel like he played earlier than the fourth.
2: That could have, I, uh I maybe I'm wrong then
3: uh the minutes Iguadala played which oh phew, But he's like, he is very typical of the kind of like body that they need and what they'd be looking for. And he just cannot do it at this point in his career against players like that. And we've, we've seen it to Miami. And there was a bit of a honeymoon period with the heat where it worked. And then after that, the bubble, yeah. Everything else was was working
2: around him. He wasn't necessarily
3: working. (laughs) Well, that's, that's true as well. That's, there was certainly kind of a, a buffer for him in terms of, what was working um i think they're they're very good just because of what powers them that's <laughs> steph curry yeah. but they're more vulnerable than they ever were and that's certainly as, as they progress i think it would be very interesting to see how they hold up again i don't know if there's a team in the western conference that could stop them but I, they could get a rude awakening from a few Eastern conference teams, whether it's like going to a team where Giannis is the best player or KD or I don't know, Joel Embiid. Like it, it just feels like there's a, there's a split in terms of what you see in terms of some of the stars from the East. And then maybe some of just even the kind of the rangy wings or forwards around them that that would cause them some problems. So they're definitely good, but whether they'll be good when it matters most for them, I think it's very much up in the air. do um, who do we want to decide if they're good next? Do
2: we want to go the east? I know we started out the west
3: and uh, there's not a lot in the West that's compelling for me right now the I mean, East. I mean, yeah. we'll, we'll circle back and we can talk with some of them. but
2: I talk about the Grizzlies who the Bucks are playing Wednesday.
3: At the moment, that is not a game that I'd be the Grizzlies are very fun and they've got a good thing going, but in a lot of ways are everything that the books currently aren't in terms of you know at this point in the season and having a kind of rhythm or a flow or something that seems like oh look, there's something real here. Um Chicago Bulls. Are they good, Jordan? I believe. MKE Robert
2: asked us this question, and it's becoming more uh, relevant. Um, I do think they're good. Um, they're currently what? They are the first, the top seed by.
3: They're same, same, same record as uh, same the as Heat. the Heat. Yeah.
2: Um, I think they're good. I don't think my tune has changed dramatically. I do think there are limitations. I think they, they, it's kind of Warriors esque where they had this run, the start to the season, no one expected, even more so with the Bulls than with the Warriors. Um, missed a few games due to COVID. They actually had postponements. The NBA can do that sort of thing when something like that happens. Um,
3: are the books the only team that not have had a game postponed this season? I
2: don't think it's a big list, but they did. De- they would be a, a if there are multiple. They would be the few that weren't.
3: Well, I'm assuming that's the way they're clear of everyone else in terms of games played. Oh yeah, and, yeah. And I honestly, it feels like everyone else at some point has probably had games found. Yep. And how that breaks that way, I don't know. I guess it's at the books. It's really the got. NBA
2: hit. small market.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: I would guess it's more that the books kind of they dodged cases earlier in the year it was injuries they were dealing with. Yeah, it was more
2: scattered. That's the problem. Mm,
3: I feel like it was it was heavier on injuries to start the year, and then when COVID became thing yeah, for them, it was Omicron and the hardship deals had been brought in, so they Chris just missed time. It. It.
2: If they had it more widespread, because it was more of yeah it was Chris in november
3: but if they don't have a widespread are they not doing their job is that not should should they not be rewarded rather than punished jordan for containing it you know it means good vaccination rates it means you know there must be good protocols in place at the practice facility
2: yep
3: And, and yes yeah, let's not talk about the cluckery <laughs> um I think the thing with the Bulls, okay, the Bulls are definitely good. I, I feel kind of bullish about the Bulls, right? There's limitations, though. Like, the whole construction of that roster is very strange. The mix of players and how it's working so well in the regular season. There is no guide until we see this version of that team in the postseason as to whether it will work at all or whether they'll fall in their face. Now... I would guess working in their favor, although maybe this is skewed from a books perspective of having watched the books for years, try to find ways to score and being like, oh, if only they had more of this type of player or that type of player, which really weren't players that I'd want to have at any other time. I feel like the bulls have a lot of those players. They have a lot of guys who they will certainly take on the mantle of, Oh, I'm going to be a, you know, a shot maker. I'm going to take on difficult shots and try to make something happen here and certainly capable of it. Like someone like DeMar Rosen is very much capable in that scenario and he's having a great year. He, he looks very good there. Part of it, I think, is he just like this. It was a tough beat on those Spurs teams. The Spurs were yeah really quite a way off with guys being younger. He hasn't really changed very much from his time with the Raptors I think people just kind of collectively forgot about him and now there is another surge of it he's a player I've I've always liked and admired how steady and consistent he was while kind of appreciating and more with his three-point shooting as much as anything else there are limitations there are limitations to what he can do and what you can be as a team if he is your star guy and I don't know. I guess it's somewhat debatable for the Bulls. You've got Zach Levine in the mix too. I don't. I I also forgot Nikola
2: Vucevic was on that team. That's how much. I
3: mean, yeah, but I mean, I mean, Vuce is a guy, classic guy that has not. He's been. Maybe it's different. Maybe it's different when you're not in the Magic and you're not like. A real guy. underdog, but he, he hasn't necessarily been able to bring his best to short blasts of play, even in the playoffs.
2: I mean, a year ago, he was the biggest trade deadline acquisition. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is the role that is, I mean, he's the third leading scorer right now. DeMar DeRozan, no one expected this to happen. Is it? It's really interesting. I think what makes him so fascinating to talk about I mean, this, cause this has just been a topic about him for ever since I've really like dove into basketball again, honestly, is that he, we kind of lift up these players that are clearly like, he's not a complete player. He's not the best shooter, three point shooter specifically, but he's just a really good scorer. He's, you know, as you said, he's a model of consistency in terms of just scoring the ball. His passing has actually probably got better um, alongside that too uh, since going from Raptors to Spurs to now Chicago. There's just something about like how our perceptions change where he gets he starts to come up with Toronto as the NBA is like, oh, we need more threes, more spacing, all this stuff. Everybody should be launching seven to eight threes a game or whatever the case may be. And he went his own path and was both vilified and just kind of crucified for it and has come on the other side of it now where he's kind of being lauded for just kind of staying in his own lane if that makes sense and it's kind of just the weird wheel like cycle of stuff i'm not saying he's this you know elite player or anything like that but he's just been he has been himself this whole time but our perception of him has changed over time both good and bad and negative and now positive and so it's just really fascinating. It's who he's
3: allowed to be playing alongside too though isn't it because I mean with Zach Levine and with Lonzo he's got the closest thing he had to when he was in the Raptors when him and Kyle Lowry were a double act. It's yep. like as, as much as someone like DeJounte Murray when healthy was very impressive in DeRozan's time with the Spurs um you're talking about a guy who was young and wasn't even the player he is this year you know it's where there's massive strides there the spurs were kind of waiting and probably hoping they came a little bit sooner through some of the previous incarnations and in recent years of that team where yeah there is something too if you got lots of kind of good and interesting and versatile players around the Marta rose and you could build a really good team I i don't think you build a championship team though I mean, the, the way I would feel if the books were playing the Bulls in the playoffs, I would think the books would beat them pretty comfortably. But I would say now that I, I would also, like, it's possible I'd be made to look very stupid by that. We just don't really know. Like, I, I don't know what Zach Levine and the Marta Rose and Alonzo Ball look like together in the postseason.
1: I think Zach Levine has not played a playoff game, right?
3: Yeah, that would seem right. He didn't in Minnesota. But in Minnesota,
2: they traded him for Jimmy Butler, therefore got to the playoffs without him.
3: Yeah. I mean,
2: that in itself is fascinating.
3: Um, I think but, they're good. Like, they're, they're a team that, though, particularly, like, it, if you're a Bulls fan, you must feel great about, okay, we're number one seed and, like, just this massive, We <laughs> think of, like, boiling. It's not that long ago, like the massive okay. overhaul there. And I know Karnasovas coming in has been a game changer. Um, maybe you shouldn't dwell too much on Karnasovas. It opens up some old wounds and brings us to some other previous. Oh, look, it all worked out, I think, didn't it? Yeah, it did. There's a championship. Yes. Um, but they must be a team that will be more nervous about seeding than anyone else. Yes, because Because they, they don't want to get a good team that's really going to give them a test in round one because they may not pass that test. And they they could be they could be as good as they look. But how everyone's going to respond through the first few games, I think they would like something where they can trust. This is kind of. Within arm's length for us, you know, there's nothing completely out of our comfort zone, we're not going to get pushed too far. And even when you look at the standings, like, it's dicey. They're half a game back from being third and playing the Sixers or the books falling half a game back. And then you've got the book, like, that that sounds like absolute death for the Bulls. On the flip side of that, if they're the one seed and they end up playing, like, the Wizards or the Raptors in round one, and they win with some confidence.
2: Raptors, I mean, Raptors would be interesting from storyline perspective.
3: Storyline perspective it would be. But I, I think they'd win pretty easily.
2: Yeah.
3: And then that team, what they look like in round two with kind of having got their feet under the table and got their confidence up, I think that's interesting. And that's maybe a little bit scarier. But I want to see what they look like when they take a punch. is basically, is yeah. basically the deal there. And that's that's just going to be the way it is when you're talking about a team that is very much, it's a new entity in terms of playoff team. You don't have one standout. Like this is the playoff guy and he knows to get you all the way there. I mean, the Rosen has had some good playoffs, some bad playoffs in the past, but he's never got a team all the way there. And with that, then you're left to be like, okay, well, is Lonzo going to step up, be better. Is Zach Levine just going to be an absolute monster in the playoffs? We'll see. I mean, the Bulls are good, but they're a playoff question mark. I think is that our conclusion on the Bulls? Yeah.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed.
3: Let's just let's go down the standings. Miami Heat. Are they good? Yeah. You think so?
1: Yeah. Why? Um, more experience,
3: older, older. Uh, that wasn't. Um, I was putting that for. I was just counter your more experience. That,
2: but that is like the. Co, it's like you yeah, say experience. It's like no, it's older.
3: But they are older.
1: Um, I would say probably not the
2: most tested,
1: mm. but.
3: They'd be up there in terms we're of not personnel, not a, again, not as that team and their current iteration, but like yeah, Kyle Larry is playoff tested. Yeah. Jimmy Butler is playoff tested.
1: Um I don't know how to like I think they're just they're the heat.
2: They're always the heat. That's where they even when they were the Dwayne Wade, like second turnaround, you just have like this kind of like nagging thought of like,
3: oh, you're not a heat culture. Exactly. I'm talking, you about actually culture. are a thought about heat he. I
2: know. I, why am I doing this? God, <laughs> help me. Um, no, I just think everything's kind of clicked into place. Jimmy Butler has like missed half the year and they're still this good. Um, I, I think. When they got Lowry and made their offseason dealings including P.J. Tucker I think we all had the collective thought of like this is going to be, if they don't have, it, or if this, if there's any year where they're really good, it's going to be this year. Um, and they're I mean, they're without Bam mm-hmm. He's just coming back. I think he came back last night I, as we're recording this. Um, well, that's and-
3: the, kind of the big differentiator as far as I understand it. And I haven't much- Every heat game or anything close to that. So you correct me if you feel I'm wrong on this. Like a lot of the season is about Tyler Hero for that. And yeah.
2: Playing what I would say is his natural role.
3: Right. But do you, are you buying him being as good as he's looked? Are you buying, like, in a playoff series and with those guys around them, that you're going to, Tyler Hero is going to drive your strategy? Because I don't know, there there is something interesting, I think, in terms of, like, this team is old. This team is old if you don't lean into the Tyler Hero of it all. And as good as, like, in Tyrion on paper, you could be like, oh, you've got Kyle Lowry and you've got Jimmy Butler and you've got PJ Tucker and then you put Bam. That team is lacking in kind of some oomph, you know? They are looking to grind you down into dust, and that is, like, the only way they can win. Where Tyler Hero then is the spark that can open things up for them and give them something different. I'm just skeptical as to whether, one, he hasn't great in the bubble, if I remember correctly, um, non-existent last year. Very much so. So, one, what he is in a playoff scenario, and two, are the Heat – and more, I guess, accurately, someone like Jimmy Butler going to be comfortable passing off to Tyler Hero to the extent that maybe the Heat kind of needs just to bring the right kind of mix to their game? I, I think there's some really yes. interesting stuff with the dynamics there because you've got old heads, but I don't feel that Tyler Hero is a star that you know, for the internal dynamics and for the power structure that when it matters that they're going to step out of the way and be like, yeah, we're here to back you up. Now, maybe they're all on that page and that's the feeling internally and then that's all that matters. But I I don't think he's clear cut enough in that way that the natural kind of mix of this team is going to get to where it would need to be for them to be just straight up really, really intimidating. Like, funny, we did this with the Suns, but if the books play the heat in a series this year, is it definitely different? Yes. You think so?
2: I do think so. I think <clears throat> the element of adding Lowry gives them he offsets kind of heroes for lack of a better word, chucking. You know I mean like
3: Think of the ways, though, that the heat have really caused the books problems consistently over quite a few years. And it is when someone like Hero is right on his game and when Duncan Robinson was was really on it, too.
2: If you look at what he's doing this year, though, it's not... I know, that's, that's yeah. a
3: problem for them. But, that's, but they have guys... that's the version of the heat that hurts the <laughs> books. Like, the books of Drew Holiday and you've even, you've got someone like George Hill in terms of um, we were talking before we started recording. I was like, yeah, I think Trey Young is not the best matchup for George Hill at this point in his career. Like he's better on a two guard. An yeah. exception to that would be Kyle Lowry. You know, I, I think the books have the defenders for that kind of battle with the heat and for Lowry's involvement more than they do if there's like multiple lights out shooters or even a couple of guys who are prepared to gun. And if you're down to just one of them with Tyler Hero, I I think that's kind of a series that's played more in front of the books than versions of the Heat that caused the books major problems in the past did. Like, for as good as Larry is, can be, if Drew Holiday is healthy, you're going to be very confident in the books limiting him as much as possible and getting the best of that matchup. And then the Heat are very, very swiftly not all that different to the team that played a year ago. And you're relying on Tyler Hero being like an absolute megastar.
1: Yeah. I mean, like
3: if Duncan Robinson was having another good season and they were integrating. It, it really would come down to PJ. Then, if PJ was just more the guy they were going to bring in for purity defensive reps, and you're just going to burn true minutes with you've got, hero and duncan robinson on their game and they're surrounded by larry and butler and bam that's that's scary for the books yes but i i do think duncan robinson struggles there is time for that to change and maybe it will change and then the whole discussion changes but they make pj more central to everything they do and that flattens things out and we know this because we were on this side of it last year where there was an obvious like push and pull factors on what PJ was doing in terms of the positivity of it. And overall, I netted out as a major net positive. But he was hitting
2: shots, too.
3: He hit it. is hitting. Yeah, one? well, he hit some shots until the playoffs came around. Like,
2: oh, yeah, I'm not discounted, but like, the playoffs, especially, it was, I mean, it happens. It's a smaller sample size, even compared to the 20 or so games that he played upon coming to Milwaukee. Um... When you're not hitting shots, you rely on defense, and obviously, PJ Tucker is one of the best defenders in the league, bar none. And if he's doing that part of, if you're not, if the opponents are struggling to make points, even if you're going against like guys like Kevin Durant or uh, Devin Booker, name any of the players that they played against going to the finals last year in the title, like he still made his. We still like were, we weren't like oh they shouldn't play PJ as much as they are because of you know like all that yeah but
3: I, I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be as fearful as a like we saw the Bucks beat the Nets in a low scoring rock fight of a series I think they can beat the Heat because the Heat don't have the offense that the Nets have they don't have Kevin Durant they've got like Jimmy Butler is great he's not Kevin Durant so if in a playoff series that's the way it was going to go. I'll take the books. The books are the best player in the series. And I I think if you're to kind of navigate down the pecking order, they're probably going to have more of the top 10 than the heat would have. So I'd be very confident in the books. What would scare me more is if it opens up because it's always about to beat the books. You can't just be like, we're going to, we're going to shut them down because the books are a good defensive team and a great defensive team when they turn it on and get everyone out there. So that's not enough because then you're making it about who by sheer will can score more points and the books have the best sheer will score in the nba and giannis you know he could do things other people can't so that's where i think that just the the kind of the choices that that eric would have to make and that he would have to make for a book series are really interesting and I think unless Duncan Robinson found it and Tyler Hero keeps up a lot of what he's done, I don't, I don't see the big deal. They're good. I mean, what I'd love is I'd love the, the Bucs to be on one side of the bracket, the Heat to be on the other, and the Heat to play the Nets. <laughs> I, I think they could take the Nets out. And I would be very happy to then see the Heat rather than see Kevin Durant in a playoff series ever again. Maybe that's a natural seg to say, Jordan, are the Nets good? They're good. They're kind of good in spite of themselves, right?
1: Oh. Yes, clearly.
2: And interesting timing too after, was it Katie's going to miss four to six weeks? I missed four to six
3: weeks. I thought you made an interesting timing after Kyrie Irving's latest comments. You may not see anything. I'm
2: done with him.
3: I'm About just... Giannis?
2: No, I don't care. You could say he said anything. He, I'm like, yeah, he sure You he could say anything. he has a
3: conspiracy theory, right, George? You could say. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Um, about Giannis, you know, going under him when he injured himself in the playoffs and being like, oh, yeah, it wasn't accidental. Was it? No, this is something he was saying last night. Um, <laughs> I think he was asked to reflect on his last year, I believe. And this ended up being kind of one of the headlines from it was he was kind of like, Oh, you almost took me out. Um This is Kevin Durant's team. I never really expected when all of those moves were made for the, the alpha to be as kind of clear cut and as obviously established as it has been.
2: Mm. Are you sure?
3: You maybe mean this in a joke kind of way, but in a basketball way, yes, but go on.
2: I think... Are are you talking about... Okay, so when Kyrie and KD went to Brooklyn or when they got Harden When they year?
3: got Harden. So when you've got three of those guys.
1: I mean... I think it's breaking the way that it's... No one expected...
2: I expected
3: 1A and 1B to be closer so that it would be 1A and 1B, which is Durant and Harden. Yes. And that is not the case. That is 1 and 2. I mean, I don't know if we can even call Kyrie Tree right now because he can't play in most of their games. But I'm really the comment I'm making there is more on the Sounds gap between... Sounds like he took between, himself out. Yeah. The gap between Durant and Harden Is greater than expected. That's yeah.
1: That's why I think this
2: stretch is gonna be really interesting because
3: Well maybe maybe it rejuvenates Harden. It gives Harden the juice again, and that would be concerning. They really need Kyrie to get the juice though, isn't that?
1: Is that what's in it? (laughs)
3: Um Uh the juice as my, as my friend Andrew Snyder calls it the spicy arm juice <laughs> um,
1: yeah I I don't
2: think this stretch is going to help him Um, Mark Stein reported yesterday of Substack fame fellow Substack
3: wow you're really making that claim
2: <laughs> I yeah <laughs> I've never been able to do that until now. Um, you know, Steiny and I.
3: He probably points. referred to us like that. He, he definitely he does probably, that. I, you have to because it's yeah, hell. you're all you know, all part of the one family. They don't actually pay us, is the thing. So yeah. I don't know if we have to do that, but How yeah. do you
2: do fellow sub stacker. That's all go to
3: like <laughs> in a crowd, and... there's just you know, silence, you know, nod of acknowledgement. Yeah, you're a sub stacker too.
2: Um no, you I mean again. Take this for what it is, because it's about league circles and what other people are saying, and therefore reporting it. But the fact that James Hart has not signed an extension with the Nets, and that he's going to look at his decision this summer, um, or make his decision this summer. He's sick and- of Kyrie. It's that so
3: simple. I, I do think there is something with James Harden that is actually very straightforward, as in James Harden, the person, as much yes. as he made a certain mess of like everything that happened with getting out of Houston. I, I don't think he, his brain works the same way that KD's brain works.
2: I don't think I, he's also as willing to be patient.
3: I also don't think he wants to be in the circus. Like it's I, hard I, I don't him. think he values that over anything else. Like, for everything else, like, the, when, yeah, Houston is a big market, it's it's not Brooklyn, it's not L.A. And when the Rockets were at their best and he's driving the team, the, the scrutiny and everything else that came around it was never this.
1: Yeah. And
3: he was in control of it. He yes, was He was true. the main guy. He was in control of it. So, yeah, there were occasional dramas about, you know, his nighttime activities and that kind of stuff. But there was never this because he never let it get to this. And now he's in a situation where it's completely out of his control. It seems like, you know, on an ongoing basis, it's going to be out of the organization and everyone's control because Kyrie is not budging. That was another one of his comments from last night. It's like, this is his road, and he's very happy to be committed to it. So why opt into that? It's like, I'm I'm sure he could find better spots.
2: Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't I think back to this current stretch and if the Nets are better than they were last year. Um, I don't think this is going to be helpful for James Harden, who is still really good, not as good as what he once was. Maybe this is the start of the decline and it kind of goes away gradually, slowly, whatever way you want to put it. But putting more of the load on him when he has a part time player who can only join him on road games at this point to kind of weather the
3: storm. It's got to be like the Rockets again for him.
2: Yeah. But I don't think that he doesn't have a Clint Capella. He doesn't have Eric Gordon. Yeah, I mean, like, that's... I I think... Can... They're, they're, they've I'm, guys.
3: They've guys who can do that. Like Paddy Mills on a given night. We saw to start the season, Paddy Mills have a great night against the books. He could be Eric Gordon esque. Joe Harris can be. Still out, and
2: it sounds it's true because
3: like surgery's not. Did that not go good. well?
2: There's, it, they, I believe Steve Nash said it's been thornier. I thought he not. was
3: back like soonish. That's why I was bringing him up. no I mean, this is the problem. I mean, the problem
2: that they have is that their supporting cast is getting worse. LaMarc Zaldridge is their best center.
3: They really, like the, the thing with that team, and I was thinking of it even just looking through guys that are playing the season, Is like if they still had like Jared Allen, what a big deal that would be. Oh for them. my God.
2: And everybody knew at the time, but yet I, I understand you, that's what you have to give up to get James Harden.
3: Yeah, but in like in an ideal world, they just would never have had Kyrie, and you have James Harden, KD, and Jared Allen.
1: Yep, I mean Blake Griffin.
2: He's playing for them, but not playing particularly well. Dayron Sharp is a rookie who's playing for Nick Claxton, who's hurt, but Nick Claxton is also in the midst of trade rumors, and it's like, who are you going to get that? If you're going
3: to get a pick. Also, like, what are you going to trade him for, given the way exactly, your roster is? It's like you, need, like you need him more than what you're going to get, yeah.
2: I I truly, I don't know.
3: I've always liked Nick Claxton, and I like him when I see him there. But there's obviously something they don't trust to mm-hmm. never really hand it over and give him just <clears throat> like a concerted, oh, you are the guy, and we're going to roll with the ups and downs, and we're going to make sure that you come out the other side of it better. It feels like it's always brief spurts. And at this point, again, maybe that's something that's kind of unknowable on the outside. Maybe that comes down to power dynamics and you've got LaMarcus Aldridge and you've got Blake Griffin and you've got this team that is run by megastars and they're still looking and being like, oh, well, this guy has this many all-star appearances and maybe that's just the tough part of it. But Nick Claxton and there certainly have been flashes. I think him becoming a much more central part of what they did would just have been a big win for the Nets at any point over the past kind of couple of seasons and it hasn't happened I mean if if KD is not right um, like and he will obviously be back long before the playoffs but let's say if he got injured again or anything like if KD can't be KD the Nets are a non-factor I really do believe that I think Harden at this point in his career it's, it's really so... tough for him i, I mean the thing with Harden too is he is older like in terms of miles than he actually is because he played like 43 minutes a night for years that's the thing. when there was like no good reason for that to happen and it's like oh well he's durable enough he's doing it it's like no one is really durable enough great he's not getting injured now but his body is still eventually going to feel the wear and tear and probably coming a little bit sooner like he is one of the best playmakers in the NBA and he can probably have a very long career when a lot of the other elements of his game abandon him by becoming more of a just a straight true point guard and a pass first point guard that's quite a big adjustment and then it's also something that you can't really do in Brooklyn because you've kind of got another point guard sometimes
2: Yeah. Yeah, I am am right there with you. I think this team is worse than they were last year. Um, I know our perception of the Nets is colored by the fact that they got in. Like, that series is colored by the fact that Kyrie and Harden both got hurt. But I don't think much has changed. Did you
3: know, though, that Kevin Durant's, his foot, right? It It was just on the line.
2: No, I didn't. I've not heard of that at all.
3: You know, I, I I'm amazed people don't talk about this. But you know, if he wore smaller shoes, you know, it could Oh, just that's be, right. The Nets could have been champions. Mm-hmm. Are we ready to discard them? You know, they could have been champions. The Nets goes, KD goes. If, if KD, yep. like we all, we all thought, this um, is podcast thought. Um, We talked about the time. I will be scared of him for the rest of my life. Anytime he's ever on a basketball court against a team I'm rooting for, I'm like, oh, this is trouble. They've got Kevin Durant. So there's not any reason to discount them, but just the other things that should have made them the ultimate super team are not working. And I wonder, like, I wonder to what extent the Nets have explored. Just let's be done with this thing that's like have they picked up the phone and no one else really wants Kyrie either which is it's the kind of thing people like now of course someone would want Kyrie would they certainly not a healthy organization that's in a good place and like in a position to win now if you're winning already I don't think you're bringing Kyrie Irving into the mix Got anything on that? Or you just want to leave it? Hands off. Have
2: multiple jokes in the chamber. Probably not <laughs> something I should say. They're going to
3: stay in the, kind of the chamber. Park, yes. Okay. Um If I were to continue going by the standings right now, we're going to, to Cleveland next. Yeah. Which is the kind of, I mean, it's the fun point <laughs> of this. I don't know how much further we'll really go with this. I mean, did the Cavs, maybe we'll look a bit back West. Um, Oh, we will talk about the books, don't worry, everyone. That would be imagine if we just didn't talk about if the books were good. And that's how people learned that we thought they're December. they're just not in the running.
2: Literally a week after we're like, yeah, we haven't watched a lot of these teams. So we only watched them
1: when the books <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's true. Cavs, Jordan. You you taught the Cavs in person this year.
2: I did. I did. Are good?
3: Before.
2: I thought they were good. Much better than the Magic game I went to when the Bucks were up 50 before halftime. Um, Yeah, we're not going to be talking about the Magic. Um, Good. Very good. Uh, I like... Big ball. I like with... I like... (laughs) Big ball. I like their overall feel. I like seeing the Cavs good. That isn't with LeBron. That's not a LeBron bash or anything like that, but small it's just market like,
3: solidarity is that what you're
2: a little bit. Also like it's nice seeing teams that I this is casual fan of me, I guess. But you like seeing new teams
3: on the come up and it's true of Memphis too in the West, I guess.
2: Oh absolutely. Love everything about them. um I don't know why sort said like Regis Philbin, but uh <laughs> yeah Evan Moby's really good. Kevin Love has been rejuvenated and healthy, which is probably even more important than anything. Um, Darius Garland probably should be an All-Star. Jared Allen probably should be an All-Star. Like, There's just a really good mix of players on this team, both in terms of they have a really good young nucleus that is obviously developing a positive direction. Um, Nice Experience vets around him like love. Lowry Markin's been decent, but like I don't think anybody was going to be expecting him to be this kind of you know, uh, catalyst towards what they are right now. He's just kind of find his, found his feet with, within them. Um, and they're doing with this with all or without Colin Sexton, who kind of was driving any sort of light over the last couple of years just based on what he was doing, you know, amidst losing um so yeah i I think again kind of like the bulls maybe not as you know they they're not you know the one seed for most of the year but it's a different it's, it's a similar kind of expectation where it's a lot of young guys who haven't played playoff games versus or alongside like kevin love who nba champion went to Four straight finals, you know. There's still something there in terms of how does how does his experience shine off on, you know, guys like Garland, Jared Allen, all that stuff. So yeah, I, I feel a good. Story. Does it translate to contention? Probably not, but still, you have to go somewhere to get to that point, and they're going somewhere right now.
3: What about? Ricky Rubio's injury and then bringing in Rajan Rondo, which seems to be okay through three games, but mm, I'm not so sure. Very different characters there, to say the least.
1: Yes, um, but R- I also... Rondo
3: Rondo hasn't necessarily like teams landing Rondo has not really translated to success before recently. He was on the Lakers though, when they won it. But asterisk, come on! I mean, I'm not even being funny. Like th- this is to be clear for people who hear me talk about this. Right? This is a deeply held belief. Like that just wasn't wasn't a championship. It Wasn't a season. Like it's unfortunate. I wish I wish they finished that season. I wish they finished it. It was it was shaping up to be interesting, but. I don't think you can look at what the Lakers did that year and what the Lakers have been since and be like, Yeah, that was totally legitimate. The best team won. We found a true champion. It's probably unfair, me, but I, I just I really struggle. And the more and more we move away from it, and the more and more that's just kind of exposed to be something entirely different to what went before it and what's come after it. I find it tough. Like I Cause yeah, he was on that Lakers team, and
1: then what happened? Um, they traded him. They, they traded him,
3: it. and then what happened?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, the, no, he—they didn't no, trade him. He they, signed elsewhere because he signed with the Hawks.
3: He well, he ended up with the Hawks. I can remember exactly how that went. He ended up with the Hawks, and then what happened?
2: They traded to the Clippers. They go to the Western Conference Finals.
3: Oh, oh! So you're the narrative is actually the opposite, is it? In your mind, you'd be like, "Well, you know, last season he did play for <laughs> he did play for conference finals in both conferences."
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Which is a you know it's an impressive feat. And um, he comes back to the Lakers, and the Lakers are just disastrous. I'm not buying it. I, I just, I also think his personality and his vibe is outsized particularly in a team like that a lot of younger guys and with kevin love as like the experienced champion i i don't know if kevin love is the guy to kind of run the room rubio was like perfect i think in in all aspects perfect for that team for the age profile for what they're building rondo is a He's a different kind of cat, Jordan.
2: He is, but I also think that's more exaggerated when he's playing on a team like the Lakers.
3: Yeah, because there's a mind... Like, Rondo with the Heat, if that was to happen, would be, like, peak Rondo in terms of that version of him. It's like when there's a culture and there's a group of guys who are going to exacerbate that kind of mindset where it becomes something he's going to eat into that more. But I still... Like he's not gonna come into that team and be like this mouse-like figure in the locker room and on the court.
2: No, but I—I mean, since they made that trade, every reaction that I've seen has been carried water by the fact that he was like the more uh, patient with young guys during his one year with the Bulls. During that, it's been a lot of like. Oh, you can look at that and see how he has been with you know trying to he's you know, whatever. I'm, i I had no idea who was on. I think actually Lowry, no, he wouldn't have been on there. Doesn't matter. Um, ultimately, Razor Rondo is not going to be the singular presence to whether they're really good this year. Whether they
3: make he's, some noise. he's important though, but he's important. He's important. Like with no sex and no Rubio, Razer Rondo is important. So. His influence will be felt, and I don't think it's going to be for the better. Which, I mean, that's not a revelation. If you lose key players to injury, you're not likely to get better. But I do think they will feel that as it gets deeper in the season and maybe towards the playoffs. I don't know if they're kind of... The purity of their vibe will be the same. And I think part of that was carrying them to be something better than they are right now. I think they're definitely on the up and they will continue to be. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, is anyone good in the West? I the Grizzlies. I mean, we could talk about it as I said in a similar way to the Cavs. Are the Grizzlies ready for prime time, Jordan? Yes. Yes. Wow, I love it. Really. Oh yeah. And your confidence on that is based mostly on. John Morant is thought that's what you might say. Superstar.
2: But this has been building for the last two years. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I understand they got kind of buzzed by Utah last year at the playoffs.
3: I, I think me, for me, though, the thing is the roster construction is slightly unusual because they don't really have the Rajon Rondo, the Kevin Love, like Steven Adams, and that's it. Yep. And they, trust the young me, guys
2: are powering this team
3: world's biggest steven adams fan here i love that and he is very much the perfect kind of veteran in terms of you know energy and experience to drop into that team i think that's that's a good fit overall that clearly is helping them um but i'm i'm trying to think of examples where you see a team take off like that like there's something comparable maybe to Like, say, Bucks, when it was Giannis, Jabari, Milton, MCW. I know Jabari's injury and there was complications. This is clearly a better team. But you know what I'm talking about just in terms of the makeup of the roster. And it is, not to sound like Jason Kidd here, it's unusual to win with like just young players like that. You know? That was the Bucks' problem, was they were all so young. It's the one and only problem. The most convenient thing with that is, you know, as time goes on, they do get older. And then if they win, you can say, look, they're older if they won, which is exactly what happened. Um, but that's, that's the thing that I, I wasn't quite expecting you to say, You think they're ready for the big time. Um, I love it. That would be great. What does that mean to you, though? Is that, like, could you see them beating the Warriors in a series? Could you see them beating the Suns in a series? Could they come out of the West?
2: I don't think they're ready for that.
3: they're not ready for the big time.
1: (laughs) Well, big time is going to the conference finals. That's final four. I think it's doable.
3: Yeah, but are they gonna be an Atlanta Hawks esque conference finalist?
2: Well, you still make it.
3: Yeah, but come on.
2: But the Nuggets, I mean the Nuggets made the conference finals two years ago. Again, it was the bubble. I understand. Um, but also came back from a 3-1 deficit, you know, historic level of uh, comeback. And for reasons outside of their control, they're, they haven't been able to reclaim that.
3: Yeah, the, the biggest thing in the West when you talk about and trying to figure out a power structure is that the Nuggets have not had a fair chance to be the team that I think would be the clear cut year in year out best team in the West. Yep. Like if Jamal Murray hadn't got injured, and you've got Jokic as his MVP anchor, you don't have problems. Like you don't have to worry about anything. They and Aaron
2: Gordon has. I mean, they made that trade before Murray got hurt, but he kind of. You saw a very brief glimpse of what how beneficial that was for both parties. So yeah, that's kind of where, it's funny how to get to the Nuggets and how we're kind of where we are is that it kind of has opened the door for a team like the Suns the last two years, the Warriors this year, the Grizzlies now, like making that kind of run to the top of the West and it's colored that side of the bracket, obviously. And then one would say the Bucks struggles this year and the Nets kind of doing this dance have opened up more shenanigans
3: in the East. On the Nuggets so uh, I know there's been some videos kind of right around early this month, I think it was, um, of Jamal Murray doing some basketball stuff and I believe... Michael Malone. I'm always inclined to go with what I used to call him, but I don't want him to, like, shout at me. So, Michael Malone. Michael. Uh, Michael. He seemed to be very clear that it's not a kind of next couple of months. It doesn't mean it couldn't be March, mid-March, April. Like, if Jamal Murray comes back and looks... Seventy percent okay. with the time the playoffs start, are you on the Nuggets?
1: I think it. I think it's next year.
3: That wasn't the question, though.
2: I'm (laughs) in on the Nuggets. I'm. I mean.
3: Yeah, but okay, all right. Well, if he doesn't come back, do you think the Nuggets are coming out of the West?
2: No, 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 no. I don't think they are. So this is
3: the reason why I asked you. Let's say he does come back, Jordan. It could be April. And he gets to 70% even what he what he will be, what he was. You're just shaking your head. No. Just for the thought exercise. What would <laughs> like so are we just a purely Denver? Are they good? No.
2: I don't think it's that they're not good. I don't think they're
3: the game is are they good?
2: That's I
3: I know they're good long term and I know we actually both really like them, but yes, we're talking about the current season. So are you just, are they good? No, where I'd be like, they're kind of good. They're not good enough to really matter. But if Jamal Murray does come back, then they might really matter and they might actually, yes, be good. They might be the best in the West. That would be yeah. my answer, but you're just not even prepared to play the hard exercise, Bravo.
2: No, I'm abstaining from exercising.
3: It's a good <laughs> New Year's resolution. Um, <laughs> do we the Jazz? I mean, good. things seem to be not going very well over there with like stuff Rudy Gobert is saying and tweets that Donovan Mitchell's liking and all of that. It, it, what I what I would say on that, though, and it does seem because they've gone through this, you know, not their first rodeo. Um, if it doesn't click for them in a big way this year, I think change is coming. Quinn Snyder's there like eight years, nine years, which I, I didn't actually he's, realize until very he recently. like the
2: third longest tenured coach?
3: Yeah. I... I who ordered not pop and spoke? Kerr.
1: Yeah. Okay. They got hired that same cycle. I don't th- I can't think of another. No, I don't uh, hear anyone else close, really. Yeah, especially with Stevens out now too. Yeah, that'll be it. With Rick gone to the Pacers, like yep. just Like
3: I don't think it would be advisable for them to change from Quinn Snyder, but they, I think they do have to think about their star guys and what works and what doesn't work. And I don't know; it's a particularly divisive topic. There's a lot of people you see very, very bullish on Gobert and Gobert being someone who like can be your best guy in a championship team. I'm not there because I think if you were to go to that kind of place and then you were to be like, okay, well, what kind of player, what kind of star do you want beside him? I don't think you'd come up with something too far off Donovan Mitchell.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: and Maybe it becomes like, oh, yeah, it'd be great if they had another, but then you are the Utah Jazz, so that's tough and you can't really – necessarily get that greedy or think like that which may be part of that is why the changes haven't been made up until now may why they may not be made again but i i wonder is patience wearing more tin between two the two stars where eventually they're just like okay well if we can't do it here i don't have to stay here all the time or you know or that guy should go and someone else should come and try and do it with me uh that's that's the interesting thing. so it feels like kind of a the high stakes playoffs coming up for them. They could cause the
1: Warriors some problems. Yeah,
3: like Gobert's size could. Although I, I do think something, I someone think a bit more dynamic with size is really what the Warriors would not want to face, because it's not even just that. Like, they can play small and really not play without a center. It's that they don't have the kind of forwards they've got that's their aim on. The that's the problem. That's really it. So problem, Gobert as a static target is maybe easier than some other things they'd face.
2: The problem for the Jazz, and it's... I think the collective view of how it, it's painted is that it's a slight towards Gobert. But it's more of a slight towards...
3: Wings the, of forwards.
2: Yeah. Bojan Bogdanovic, good player, not a sturdy defender. Yeah, I mean, you take root. It's, it's, it's more of an extreme version of, or it's more of a because they have. It's not necessary that they have flopped in the playoffs, though. If you mm. want to take it that way, I wouldn't argue with
1: it. Um, but we don't know that the Suns are are. If they're the
2: same old team, does that carry them to a championship? We don't know that yet. If the Jazz are the same old team, we know that that's not, that can't carry them to a championship because the formula to beat them has largely remained the same, even as, you know, what it was before with going back to even like Gordon Hayward uh, a couple years ago. Guys, the guys around Gorbear and, uh, Mitchell are good for what they are as like supporting players. But to take Gobert away and take him literally out of the paint where he's just a fantastic defender, elite defender of in NBA history. And if you don't have a Draymond Green or throw in like an Aaron Gordon or Jamie Grant, like these kind of like switchable wings slash forwards that can kind of fill in the gaps and kind of muck up things it's really hard to expect to be an elite defense and to kind of weather the storm against you know teams that can really space you out and pull you apart in that way a team like the Warriors or
3: I actually I think their biggest problem the biggest obstacle for them is the Phoenix Sobs because you get a team where I mean DeAndre Ayton is not Rudy Gobert, but he is a suitably kind of solid center with good offensive skill that you can match up with. And he's got some size and strength to bottle with him on the other end. And then you've got Devin Booker as, you know, their version of Donovan Mitchell and probably a better version of Donovan Mitchell. And then they've got Chris Paul over
1: yeah.
3: <laughs> and that that's where the problem and even bridges like compared to the kind of forwards that the Jazz yeah. have like, if the Jazz had bridges, that's an entirely different proposition. It's, it's really the kind of player they, they desperately need. But I, I think that's when they look at the, the way the kind of West could shake out. I think, I think it's possible the Jazz could go to the finals, but they would need someone else to pick off the Phoenix Suns.
2: they need a little bit more luck, which they... It can happen. Yeah, very well can happen. We know that more than anyone at this point. Um, yeah.
3: Um, Jason Kidd's Dallas Mavericks are 9-1 and
1: one in their last 10 games is it on?
3: will we get the big you know the series to end the discourse championship on the line there would be a real thrill, wouldn't it? unless he won which in that case I, I don't know if I could ever watch basketball again four
2: horsemen <laughs> appear that's a one
3: um, I, I personally I mean I will really <laughs> we're struggle going too far. We're I will going struggle too far. we're going to go back to the books in a minute I know um, I would struggle to take the Mavericks seriously as long as Jason Kidd is head coach
2: also a lot of that streak came when he wasn't coaching the team
3: that's true who was his it
2: was Sean Sweeney that took over oh yeah
3: Interesting, I guess. I I actually I had missed that Sweeney was who.
2: He's one of a couple. It's funny, that's
3: a touch of uh, some kind of similarities with the, uh, the mid-season back surgery and Prunty takes over and Chris Middleton surges and the books actually found something.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: It's almost like when he leaves Jared the organization. Jared Dudley's an assistant with the Mavs. Yeah. I missed this. Okay, so
2: Igor Koskakoff. Oh, Daryl Armstrong, Sean Sweeney, Christy Tolliver, Greg Saint Jean, Jared Dudley, and God Sham God.
3: Are you development guys. Are you saying that when Jason Kidd leaves the room, everyone suddenly gets a like, oh a boost? They're uplifted and they, they go on they find something. Not that that's happened. Are they, is is it possible then that they're like a, a well timed um health and safety protocol away from winning at all?
2: <laughs> a very long health and safety protocol.
3: Uh, you know, breaks could get their way, Luca could have some big series, and then just when it matters most, you just need, you know, you need Sean Sweeney to step up to the plate. You're right, we've gone too far, as I put like, the maps. Go nine and one again over the next 10 and when JC Kidd is back and then we'd have to change our tune, right? We'd have to seriously, you'd have to think about them in it. Um they're 25 and 19. If they get to 34 and 20, books are not gonna be 34 and 20. But yeah. yeah, I'm I'm basically saying if the Mavericks go on a stretch where they win 18 of 20 games, we'll have to consider them as a real team. Okay, in the East, is there, do we do the Sixers? The, the Sixers' problem is that nobody wants Ben Simmons. And they are, like, getting some useful players in away from emerging as a team that you would have to take very seriously. And they cannot get useful players because nobody wants Ben Simmons.
2: Yes. For the price you, that they're asking for.
3: I, I don't know how low that pl- price would have to plummet, though. Well, you think of where his stock was at, and now he's been on the shelf for a long time. Like, I don't think he's got better, do you? <laughs> a guy with maybe not the greatest of confidence and important elements of his game. Is this, th- is
2: this house still for sale? Is it still listed? That- I got I to gotta guess,
3: yes. Um I, I don't know what the price is going to be. it's going to get
1: that for the house.
3: That's going to get buyers flooding in for the house. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, that's going to get teams like engaged and into any kind of bidding or, or even just one team making phone calls on them. I, I don't know, but they do have Joel and Beach and they're doing a pretty good job of like making the season work. Without really anyone talking about them or focusing about on them, because the only thing people talk about with them is Ben Simmons. And they're right there, they're half a game behind the books.
1: Yeah. I mean, I
3: they don't might know. be the only team that I that's almost more unknowable than the books, given the books they're they're definitely more unknowable than the books. But you know what I mean? And that we feel like we haven't seen anything close to the book, the best version of the books this year because it's been constant injuries, COVID, injuries, COVID, injuries, COVID. Brooke played opening night and since then we're like, oh yeah, Brooke. Remember him? Yeah. Me, I'm like that Wolverine meme clutching the frame to his chest. That's me with Brooke. We all are. Um, Yeah, I mean, they had the biggest variable.
2: If they suck it up and trade Ben Simmons and get worthy players back in return they could easily I don't think it's that crazy to think that they could come out of the East
3: but they Is that
2: understand. not the reason
3: then to just make the deal?
2: I. That's what we've been talking about I mean when this whole thing broke over after the Bucks won the championship and there was nothing else to talk about and Ben Simmons's name is constantly bandied about and Daryl Morey says all these things on Philadelphia radio about like I remember we messaged back and forth about this and just like am I like crazy or the reasons for why you don't do a Ben Simmons trade are reasons why you do a Ben Simmons trade and why you're like oh we have Joel and B's I I think it's one thing
3: though at that point saying that But he's now at this point where it's like, yeah, you know, there's question marks at the books, question marks at the Nets. The Bulls and Heat are currently top of the East. Like, if I was the GM of the Sixers, I would think that's pretty kind of crystallizing for me, where I'm like, am I really going to let, like, what if the Bulls go to the finals this year? And you're Daryl Morey and you're sat at home and you're watching that. You're like, I really let the Bulls go to the finals because I didn't just make a deal. that we've got some useful players and make my team a better team.
1: it appears that he's
3: doing them. <laughs> well, maybe we'll revisit the Sixers if he finally makes a deal. Joel Embiid, though, very good player. Uh, definitely a team that could be a major factor if somehow they make a deal. All right. right, we've Now, we've talked about all these teams in order, of most likely to win a championship, right? So, the Milwaukee Bucks next. It's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> Are the books good, Jordan? They're good. How good?
1: I mean, this version of the Bucks isn't as
2: good as what they were last year. Certainly not the last. Why? Why
3: is that? Injury.
2: Not having a starting center is pretty tough to overcome.
3: Okay, so supposedly Jordan there's positivity in the organization about Brooke being back you know long before the playoffs so if we are to imagine a scenario where Brooke comes back and he's integrated are this year's version of the books not better than last year's they have to be I like if Brooke comes back and he's I don't he's, think they have
2: to be I this is Jeff I, this, Teague. I understand. I understand. I I know where this is going, but we can look at all the additions that they made on paper. The the guys that are supercharged by the Bucks winning it all, like a Pat Connaughton, even their best players. Obviously, it can still break wrong.
3: Weird, I I know that that. Right? Yeah, but that doesn't factor into are they better than they were a year ago? That's like when all is said and done, are we going to be able to say that they won the championship and they looked better while doing it? That's that's the unknowable. Like we got to learn this and we got everything to align and it finally broke the book's way after 50 years for them to win a championship. That may not happen again, but it doesn't mean that the books are better this year than last year. Like this is a conversation we had before they won a championship and after it. They were better like three years ago than they were last year, and they lost in the conference finals.
2: Yep, they Wait. had as much depth winning last year's title as they did in
3: 1971. <laughs> I, I'm not joking. It's this very, is very
2: it's very similar.
3: Well, what does that say though? That doesn't mean it, it means you shouldn't have, mean. have depth.
2: Nope, take it away.
3: Take it away, and just hope <laughs> that. You know, Nine, if, Chevy if, things, if things if things look if things break your way in a given year, your depth doesn't matter. And if your depth matters, you're playing with lesser players to begin with. You've already lost.
1: And if your star
2: players it, play like star players,
3: do we believe that though? Is that a real? Is it just you need things to break your way so that your depth is as inessential as possible? Because whether you've got good depth or bad depth if you're talking about depth, you're talking about players that aren't your best players.
2: A little bit. I think. Like, beyond beyond
3: seven guys, like, because obviously you're going to have a couple of bench players who are, but seven, eight guys. I mean, I, I think the only case you can make that they're, they're not set up to be better this year. And this is assuming Brooke comes back and looks something like Brooke, not like the best version of Brooke, but something like Brooke. Is that, if the loss of PJ Tucker and Brooke only looking something like Brooke leaves them in a position where they're exposed in a way in the front court that they weren't a year ago and that could be terminal this year. And that is certainly possible. <laughs> like, I think that's
2: very possible.
3: That's, that's an issue they have. I don't know. I don't know what you feel. I mean, we got asked last week and I thought it was strange, but more and more people seem to be talking about like, backup point guards and George Hill and stuff I'm like the problem lies with bigs here like the books have Giannis and they have Bobby Portis and that is it that is it they don't have all of the bets they they placed Shemi Ojale being maybe the most obvious example are players that you are not going to be prepared to roll with into any kind of meaningful series and if you do well you're probably waving a white flag for those minutes I mean, that, yeah. that's the concern there. Now, the flip side of that is I think Grayson Allen is really good, and he, again, is starting to look really good. Past few games, he's hitting some shots. He's being really effective. Giannis's understanding of where he is and his ability to find him with passes is better than ever. Um, like, Giannis's passing of late is pretty spectacular. Um, that is certainly of note. It's very encouraging. I think Bobby is better than he was last year. I think that's simple. Now, you may well come up with the same issues with Bobby, which is he could be better than he was last year, and there may still be series where you're just like, it'd be better if he didn't play. They they will not have that luxury this year because they don't have P.J. Tucker and Brooke may not be at his best. Like There's not even close to a scenario where they could afford to sit Bobby against the Nets. It's wild to think that happened last year when you look at how good he is right now. I, I think George Hill is very solid opinion since he mixed on him. I mean, the numbers certainly back up the books being really good with him this season to date. I just think you've got to be somewhat selective in terms of who he's on the floor with and who he's on the floor against. But yeah,
2: which has always been the case with George.
3: It's, well, when the books have had him because the books have had yes. him in the latter portions of his career, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, part of it is yeah, you're still looking and being like, well, can someone like Jordan War has had some nice moments recently? I'm still nowhere near mm. thinking that that will hold up. Are you Jordan?
2: No, I just was raising my Um
3: Wes no, Matthews he's... is being very solid. Like that's, I guess that's the thing. It's like can Wes do some of the PJ Tucker thing? It's not perfect when you. The idea of him taking on bigger guys is something I think you could work with and maybe imagine more if you know Brook is there and you have real size to anchor things. But I think if you're playing smaller to begin with and then you're doing some combination of that, that could get trickier.
2: I mean, he did just shut down Steph Curry, though. Without Drew.
3: But is that what we're worried about? Like, PJ Tucker... No, 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 no. I'm
2: just saying, I think, yeah, he's not going to be... He is an The books need him sp- to
3: be the Kevin Durant stopper, not the Steph Curry stopper. They
2: beat them. They beat the Nets with West primarily covering that day. Do
3: you think David Duke will be starting for the Nets if the books played him in the playoffs? Again. <laughs> like, I, I, I get your point, but like, that, that's a different kind of uh, dynamic to the backcourt and wing than, you know? It makes it a little bit easier to stop KD if you're like, oh no, do I do I cheat off David Duke? I'll add the junior this time, just to be clear. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I, I have you noticed on broadcasts, they don't always add the junior. And I find it unnerving. If I was if I was him, one I, I this is a conversation lots of people have before. I'd probably be like, My name is Dave. Let's be clear on this. My name is Dave. <laughs> <laughs> but secondly, I'd be like, can we just make sure? That, I don't think but, Dave makes
2: it better. Oh. I think you, I think you just change your name, <laughs> change it completely.
3: You'd at least want the junior to be stressed. Although no. I mean that that would still could still imply that. Uh, anyway, my point here is I I can't believe that to just like a broadcast all the time. They're just like dropping in. Yeah,
2: but they're not starting a
3: shooting guard. It's David Duke.
2: Are they dropping Bobby Portis Jr. or whatever? Well,
3: there's a reason why that's not as concerning or problematic, Jordan. That's a
2: very good point.
3: Unless there's another Bobby Portis I don't know about. Anyway, um, well, there is
2: because if he's a junior, there's another Bobby Portis. Yeah,
3: but does does that guy up to David Duke esque stuff? I don't think so um okay what was our conclusion on on the books out of you know the Uh, what I was saying is yes Wes Matthews did a great job against Kevin Durant while David Duke was also starting for the Brooklyn Nets it feels like that is not if that happens in the books out in the playoffs maybe we could be less worried about Kevin Durant because the Nets are not the Nets I'm very, I think what you've got to look at is that Nets game and is the Warriors game and the good of the books this year. Even go to some of what they did on opening night, which is maybe the only game this season where you're like, oh, look, that's something like what the books could look like at their best. It's really the only evidence we have to draw from. In those kind of games, when they get going, they look unstoppable. They look like a team that can run through basically any of the teams we've talked about.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Now, their record, and for example, the Raptors and Hawks losses, that's what points to well, yeah, do they have any consistency? Can they rely on that? How much can you get away with going through a regular season in the way they are and then finding it for the playoffs? But
0: finding these it, when are, it
3: matters. This is, we the... talk flipping the switch, and if that was real, I mean, if that ever works last year, last week, I should say. Um, Maybe we're about to find out.
1: But there...
2: But as you talked about in that question, there are reasons why it's not necessarily like for like in terms of how other teams have been described as flipping the switch or the debate of can things... It's more of can things fall together where they have the health, they have the...
3: But it's... In theory; it's like, not that complicated at this point. Like... It just, they have had incredible misfortune. They would have been better if everyone was out for two weeks, they lost every game, and then they could just get on with the season as normal. They haven't had that. They have had one player, and when one guy comes back, another guy goes out, and they've just had this constant churn of it. Now, in theory, and I know we're playing the, you know, soreness and day-to-day game with Drew, which is giving everyone flashbacks at the moment, but in theory, Drew should be back very soon. And when Drew comes back, you're looking at the roster and it's like, all right, this is it. It's just about waiting for Brooke. Yep. And if they could stay like that and then get Brooke, well then that's fine. Like it, it is possible. I know there are going to be health and safety protocol. Things are going to raise their head. In theory, a lot of this team has now caught oh, yeah. COVID <laughs> um, and we already knew the majority, although let's not go to what the vast majority means again um were vaccinated too so in theory in theory theoretically the books should be in a spot where they shouldn't have as much uncertainty with that and if they could just catch a couple of breaks and they have caught none up until this point they could become the team that we know they are and they could blow everyone out of the water it's just a question of whether that's actually whether it's possible. I, mean, I don't think going back to what we talked about last week, it's like, it's unanswerable. It's, yeah. it's like, we're going to have to wait and see this unfold. I think as a books fan, what I would be clinging to is we talked through all those teams that we've talked through. I think the sons were the one we had kind of the least pushback on and we settled on the sons are good, but if the books played the sons in the finals, would it be different the last year? Not necessarily. And if that's the best team, then you're in the spot where it's like, okay, let's just see how this plays out. But in the shorter term, and this is where you finished off last week, and it's now getting more and more apparent, books have to start winning at some point. Because otherwise, you're going to fall out of the playoff spots, which is not ideal for trying to win a championship. Yeah. So they've got to find something at some point. I I don't see the reason in a vacuum to be as frustrated by all of these kind of what are throwaway losses. The problem is they are piling up. Yes. And the cumulative effect of it can be seen in the standings. So they need to find something soon to just steady that. Like maybe it's fine that they're the fourth seed. Maybe that works out great for them. or They're the fifth seed even. But you need to win keep winning for a while and just put all the rest of like the mess, which is literally what it is behind that out of the equation. Cause no matter how good you be like, we saw this with the Lakers last year and what people thought about the Lakers. I'm going to, you know, take myself out of the equation here and what I thought of the Lakers, but we saw a champion fall in the door last year, have to go through that mess that did not serve them well at all. And I don't think it would serve anyone well. So you've just got to, get clear of that, consolidate your spot, which I think the Bucs will. I don't see it being a problem, but at some point you've got to do it. (laughs) You've got to win some games. And I think we're getting to that point. If they can do that though, and they can see out the regular season, and it's like, yeah, they're somewhere between spots, like, I don't know, one through six, which everything is probably still in play. Mm -hmm. On that footing, I think they can beat anyone and they could still win a championship. There's nothing to say they couldn't. By that point, we would hope to see Brooke back and hope to see something real to be like, oh, all the things that they've learned this year without him, they work, but they can also go back to the well of what worked before, what won them a championship, and what's there with Brooke. If that happens, I, I don't think other teams have answers for the books, which is the most important thing of all. Yeah. All right. That's it. We've taken a tour around the NBA.
2: There we go. Our tour.
3: Uh, from David Duke to... Who else did we talk about? I don't know. Junior. From David Duke to David Duke Jr.? Is that really... No, you did, you paper, you... <laughs> I know! I did it intentionally! This is what people do! See? It's troubling, isn't it? It's very... The Bucks broadcast is fantastic. And Lisa Byington was like, David Duke? I'm like, whoa... Junior. Maybe you should just go by Junior. Like like a Brazilian soccer like player Like
2: the Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh that doesn't frustrate this time. <laughs> if you like what you hear, maybe you do. I don't know. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Eurostep Podcast Network. You get all episodes of Win and Six, all episodes of the Eurostep Podcast. Um, Ty and Rohan have some good stuff cooking, I think, this week too. So you want to make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss any of that. You can also get all of our content, um, all of our pods, any articles that are written, um, the stock market, not the real stock market, the, the Eurostep stock market, All there on the Substack. Jordan has already given a shout-out. Fellow Substacker, Mark Stein, as Jordan said. We are on Substack. gspn.substack.com. Go and subscribe. Right? Yes. Good. You can also follow us on Twitter at in 6 podcast We'll be back with you soon. As always, thanks again to all of you for listening. Thank you, Jordan.
2: Thank you.